We now have a wonderful panel of six rapid-fire presenters who will talk about the key messages and recommendations from their chapter. And notice the word rapid-fire. Each of them has been asked to convey everything in that chapter, not really, the key messages and recommendations in five minutes each. We have a number of other authors with us also in the room and online. So I also want to appreciate not just the six rapid fire presenters, but the many other authors who are here with us and appropriately may answer or ask questions or interact with you in the audience. Well, let me begin with our first speaker. She is Jamison Irvin, who is the manager of Global Program on Nature for Development at UNDP, and she'll be sharing some key messages and recommendations from that chapter. Thank you. Good afternoon. Imagine for a moment that you're one of the 2.5 billion people on this planet, one out of three, who farm for a living. Imagine that you are from Rwanda, a country with the second highest population density in Africa, where 98% of the population is considered rural, and more than 7 out of 10 people are farmers, generating nearly 40% of GDP for that country. Imagine you're a 25-year-old woman with three children, about average for the country, and 60% of the country's population is younger than you are. Imagine that your farm is 70 meters by 100 meters, about the average size of a farm in Rwanda, and about half the average farm size for eight neighboring countries. Imagine that, like virtually every country, uh, every farm in your country, the land is highly sloped. It faces heavy soil erosion from more frequent and intense downpours. And like farmland around the world, one out of three uh, square feet is degraded. Imagine that you're growing maize and raising chickens, one of the 12 crops and five animal species that comprise 75% of our global food supply. And imagine that you live on $1.50 a day, about average in your country, but considerably less than the uh, 3.4 billion people who survive on $5 a day. Now imagine you're getting ready for a day of farming. Imagine the challenges that you might face. This is the world we live in today. Farmers like Ivy, the woman here from Rwanda, does she does not have access to the 10 essential ingredients for effective, uh, effective farming. She lacks access to the energy required to plow, plant, water, harvest, process, store, and transport her crops, resulting in about 30% of farm on-farm food loss, a significant contributor to greenhouse gases. She, along with 2.1 billion people, lacks reliable access to water, relying instead on sporadic rainfall. She lacks equipment to make her life easier, and only 6% of agricultural products are processed in her country, and only a third of the food produced in her country reaches a market at all. Because she doesn't have a cell phone, she can't access the 10%. She's not among the 10% of farmers in her country who have access to sophisticated apps for precision farming. She has access to seeds, but they're increasingly diminished genetic diversity. She doesn't know how to grow them the way that she used to grow her parents and her grandparents' seeds. Even though the government spends considerable amount on agricultural subsidies, she, she simply can't afford the inputs she needs. Without access to transportation to, to uh, Kigali and without connection to an urban market demand, she can't take advantage of the increasingly sophisticated urban market demands. And if her crop fails, she does not have a backup plan. Only 2% of, of global insurance premiums are in Africa. 
Although extension services exist for her, women routinely face biases. And like most farmers, her work is considered a risky venture. Because she doesn't have collateral or land rights, she doesn't have access to, to bank loans or lines of credit. And if she does, she's looking at somewhere between 17% and 50% annual. That's the world we live in. But it doesn't have to be that way. The world we live in today is not the same world we're going to live in in the future. Hundreds of millions of families and smallholders around the world supply 80% of the food in Asia and Sub-Saharan Africa, some 4.4 billion uh, people. But what about her daughter by 2050? In 2050, food demand will have increased by 80%, energy demand by 75%, and water demand by 55%. The world will be increasingly urban and will rely more on rural communities. Can we not envision a world where farmers have access to the inputs they need, clean energy, clean water, genetically diverse and climate resilient seeds, crop insurance, and extension support, where farmers, including young farmers, are growing high-value crops and adding even more value through on-farm processing. They're growing nutrient-dense foods for themselves and others. They're generating new markets, establishing urban-to-farm linkages, and they're part of reliable global supply chains. These are all photos of real case stories around the world from the Equator Initiative, the UNDP-led initiative. This future is not only possible, it's necessary and vital. We must radically transform our social and economic systems. We must catalyze private sector finance for clean energy, radically increase access to credit and microloans, restore degraded soils, habitats, and watersheds, ensure clean access to water, promote diverse and climate-resilient crops, including agroforestry. We must promote corporate sustainable supply chains, and we must forge new urban <coughs> partnerships. But before all that, we need to transform something else. We need to transform our own imaginations. We must be able to envision a future not only of, not only of a healthy green planet, but of a thriving, prosperous rural community. This groundbreaking report invites us to do just that. Thank you.